we need to buy Pastor Robert some sunglasses. <laughs> I can tell that already. Well, as you probably have noticed, Pastor Robert and Laura aren't here. They're feeling a little under the weather, so y'all keep them in your prayers. Uh, all good. Talked to them this morning. Texted them this morning. So fighting a good fight of faith and uh, hopefully be back Wednesday. But uh, y'all just keep them in your prayers. Amen. Usually when I preach, it's been a while, I, I try to give a little, little uh, husband-wife advice first. I've got, the reason I can do that is, you know, we've been married 30, going on 38 years now, right? 37, going on 38 years now, and I've messed up a bunch. And so we've, I've kind of learned through that. First one, this one's just kind of funny, it doesn't have anything to do with the, with the message, but my wife inadvertently gave both of us some nicknames here a while back. And hers is magic, and mine is miracle. And she, said, she asked me, well, why, why do you get to be miracle and I got to be magic? That doesn't sound right. I said, well, let me, let me explain to you how this all came about. For 37 years now, I'll, I like to drink iced tea, and I have a pitcher that's in the in the refrigerator of iced tea. And every time I empty that pitcher, I put it on the counter, and the next morning, it's full in the refrigerator. <laughs> it's been going on for 37 years. And I walked by there, and I went to get my, my tea out, and she walked by and said, it's just like magic, ain't it? I went, <laughs> it is. It is just like magic. So I nicknamed her Magic. Well, here... The way I got the miracle one is she was gone, and I had to call her to ask her. I, I don't probably shouldn't tell you this, but I had to call her to ask her, how do you start this dishwasher? <laughs> and what do you put in it? She said, those little things. You know, they're in the, of course, she was in, off in California somewhere. Those little things, you open the little thing up, and you put it in, and you close it, and you shut the door, and you push the button. I'm like, there's... 50 buttons on this thing. She said, the middle one, the one that's wore out. Okay. So I push the button. So go on. So dishes get washed. Well, before she comes home, I think, you know, I am going to actually take the, the dishes out of the dishwasher and put them where they go. I got about half of them up because the other half, I didn't know where they went. But I got them, I got them up, and she walks in from being gone for a while, next morning opens the dishwasher and said, it's a miracle. <laughs> so, magic and miracle, that's just the way this thing goes. So this, this, and this little story does have something to do uh, with the message. You go to James 1.14, get your Bible out. Woo! Go to James 1.14. And this little story right here happened about 18 months ago. <laughs> and it has, it has something to do with what I'm going to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is knowing yourself is number one, and you're doing better than you think is number two. I came home probably, it was about 10 minutes before lunch. Tracy was working at the office, and she usually comes home from 12 to 1. I got home about 10 till 12, and I drive up, and I notice, as you'd have to know how our house is configured, but under the, the driveway there, the covered driveway, 
there's a door that goes into uh, the, the living room from the outside, goes in. And I drove up and I noticed that door was open. I went, hmm, door's open. And I pulled up and a cow looks out of the living room <laughs> at me. I'm like, oh, this is not good. This is not good at all. So then I think, well, where's the rest of them? So I, I sit in my truck as that cow looks, out, looks at me and walks out. And then the second one walks out. The third one walks out. And the fourth one walks out. So I'm thinking, oh dear. What happened was I had taken a sack of cake and put it inside the door, and I guess I didn't get the door shut good. So they pushed the door open. How many of y'all ranchers know what happens when cows eat cake? Okay, so I don't need to explain that anymore. I called my wife. I said, do not come home. <laughs> she said, why? I said, just trust me on this one, hun. Do not come home. So I went in there with a grain scoop and started scooping all the pooping and got in there and I, I, I mopped and everything and about one o'clock she comes home and my wife, God bless her, that was an opportunity for her to just blow a gasket. I mean, I mean this, there's leather couches, there's all kinds of stuff in there. And she walked in and said, well, you got cleaned it up better than I thought. And that was all she said. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no repercussions for the rest of the day. It was all good. So my wife has, through the years, learned that what's on the inside of you gets tested. And that's the way you learn what is on the inside of you. That's the way... I mean, let life show you where you need help. Go to James 1.14. says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn... I can see that better. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You know, you got stuff on the inside of you that you, sometimes you don't even know until, until you're tested. Life, I mean, life hits... And all of a sudden now you're like, ooh, didn't know that was in there. That, that's how I have personally walked my Christian life. I think, well, you're doing pretty good. And then tomorrow something comes up. I'm like, okay, you're not doing really good in that. So let's work on it. Okay, go to, go to Galatians 5. I do want to say one thing before I go. Abby and the praise team, great job. <laughs> And kudos to Pastor Robert and Laura for training. That way, you know, it's not all on one person. It's training. I had a first sergeant one time tell me that if I didn't train someone to do my job, I'd be doing my job for the rest of my life. So if, if you, you have to train. So great job, everybody on that. Uh, all good. So where'd, where'd you get, did I tell you where? Galatians 5, go to about 20, somewhere in there. Oh, the other thing is, y'all aren't going to be here very long. That's a given. 
Go uh, actually 19. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelry, yeah, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How many of y'all, actually, a homework assignment would be, go look up every one of those. They don't all mean exactly what you think they mean. Go look them up. I mean, it, it, this, where's my phone? I have an app on my phone that has helped me immensely, if I can get there. It is the Strong's Concordance app. That Strong's Concordance app has got the Bible in it, and you can, you can punch that, you can go, you can be reading your Bible, and any time that you want to figure out what a word means, you can hit the word, the word, it'll go take you immediately to the Strong's, and you can find out what it means in Greek or Hebrew or whatever. It's really handy as you read and go, and I wonder what that means. So look up those words right there, you know, when you get a chance. Find out that, you know, some of them don't mean exactly what you think they mean. But it says, those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That word practice is, means like, do it all the time. That is, that is what you do. Uh, where did I write it down? Perform repeatedly or habitually is what that means. So, Paul was a murderer. He was a, a, uh, accomplished a murder, Correct. He's the one that went out, sent everybody out to the churches, said, hey, we're going to kill them all. But he, he, one day he said, hey, this ain't right. Jesus stopped him, told him, hey, this is what you're going to do now. And, and he turned and went the other direction. That's what we're trying to do. See, we're trying to find out in our lives, where in my life am I missing the mark and to stop, turn around, and go the other direction. That, that's, that's your deal. Go on, let's see. In verse 24, it says, Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified the flesh. I had a guy tell me one time in a prayer line, just release your faith. And he kept telling me, just release your faith. And I finally told him, if you'd tell me how to do that, I would. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean just release my faith? How do I do it? Same thing with crucify your flesh. How do you do it? How do you, as an individual, say, hey, I am going to crucify my flesh? Because the word crucify means to impel on a cross. We all know that. That's what Jesus was. Subdue passions or selfishness. Subdue the passions on the inside of you. How do you do that? And I'll show you how I do it. I, maybe you can get something out of it or not. But I'll show you how it's been effective for me. Go to... First uh, Corinthians 13. I was reading this one time, so let me set this up for a little bit. Back when my boys were in high school playing basketball, uh, it was Chad, Mike, Zach, Joseph. That was four of them in here that were that were uh, Carrie was the other one. I think that was a starting team, wasn't it? Anyway, they were ranked number one in the state for class 1A schools. So it, it got quite adventurous going to these games, and I would get fairly worked up. <laughs> As some of y'all know, probably were there. 
at halftime one time, Chad was the captain, and the referee got Chad at halftime over there and said, pointed in the crowd, you need to tell that guy, that guy, and that guy to keep their mouth shut. Chad said, that's my grandpa, my grandpa, and my dad. You go tell them. <laughs> so we could get a little worked up. So after one of those particular games, I was reading in uh, 1 Corinthians. And it said, uh, go to... Where, Go to uh, four, where it's talking about love. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek his own. Is not provoked. And I stopped right there and I went, oh. Is not provoked. So I went on this this journey of going, all right, I'm getting pretty provoked. And I, I mean, it shows I'm getting provoked. So I started working on getting provoked. That was what God spoke to me at the time. You could look at all those rest of those and go, yeah, you're missing the mark there too. But that's the one that he spoke to me at that time. And I said, that's what I'm going to start working on. So I started working on it. So the next game, I probably yelled and everything, but I figured out if I'd go take a sucker, a blow pop, and stick it in my mouth with a little stick on it, I had to pull that out prior to yelling. And so I did. And I'd go sit up in the corner, and I'd put that blow pop in my mouth, and I would sit up there. And the only thing the blow pop did was make me think about what I was fixing to do. The other one, I just yell. Now I got to pull this thing out of my mouth and yell. But from the, from pulling it out of my mouth to yell, and I could go, okay, hang on, speaking. You and the Holy Ghost are working on this, and that's how I that's how I did it. Well, I did that until Michael graduated. They were a year apart, so I did it till Michael graduated, and I quit going to basketball games. But I have been working on it. But we're fixing to find out because I got grandkids now who are fixing to start playing. <laughs> So I'll just tell you all, come to a basketball game, we'll find out how I've done the last 15 years. We'll see. Maybe I'll relapse and we'll have to work a little bit more. I don't know, but we're going to find out how I've done on that particular deal right there. How many of y'all remember Bill Dean? Great guy. Great guy. Who is in heaven right now waiting on all of us? I preached a message one time and I said... He was sitting right back there. Evidently, somewhere in the message, I said, I can't make you mad. I can only draw out the mad that's in you. So when we got, got done, or I got done, I went to walk out, and Bill came up and found me and said, hey, I didn't like what you said. <laughs> so what'd I say? He said, you told me that you can't make me mad, that you can only draw out the mad that's in me. I went, yeah, I guess I did. He said, I didn't like it. Good preaching. And turned around and walked off. <laughs> he said, I just don't like it. But you were right. You can only, I can't make you mad. I can only draw out mad that's in you. The people around you can't make you mad. They can only draw out the mad that's in you. So the, what I'm trying to tell you is try to get rid of the mad that's in you. Whatever it is. That's the way Jesus did it, how, how they could pluck out his beard, how they could put 
crown of thorn on his head? How, they, how, how come he didn't just throw down and call all the angels? Because there was nothing but God on the inside of him. He knew what he was doing. He knew he had to do what he was doing in order to, to, for all of us to be saved. There was no earthly desires on the inside of him that could be drawn out. We have to deal with that because we're walking around in this flesh. You do have those desires that you have to deal with. You can be saved for 50 years, 100 years, however long. You still have, you're living in the flesh and you have those desires you got to deal with. So don't, don't go hide your head if it happens. Just deal with it. Just get it done. <coughs> I wrote this down. If you are unwilling to crucify your flesh, your enemy will use you against you. He's just going to take what he knows pushes your buttons, and that's, that's what he's going to do. It's really pretty simple. You know, I'm talking to a bunch of country people. Y'all know what a number two trap is? Number two trap, set, catch varmints. You know how you catch them? I mean, you put the trap, you set your trap and everything, put food, whatever you're going to do, and you're using that varmint's instincts against him to get him to stick his foot in a steel trap. That's all the devil's doing to you. He's using what's in you that's undealt with to get you to stick your foot in a trap. So you find your foot in a trap, okay, get out of the trap and deal with what got your foot in the trap to begin with. That's all you got to do. I have taken a steel trap before and putting tin foil on the trigger no food, no nothing. Put it in a river about that deep, and a coon will walk, because it's shiny, a coon will walk by there, look at it, especially if there's a full moon that night, see the shiny stuff, and stick his foot in there and get caught. Only because he's going, shiny thing, and he wants to go play with a shiny thing. So that's what I'm trying to tell you, is get rid of the shiny things on the inside of you, so that you don't go stick your foot in a trap. Last thing. And this is the, I think you're doing better than you, you think you are. I want you to raise your hands on these. <laughs> and keep them up. Or you can put it down, but we'll see. How many of you ever said something or done something you wish you hadn't? Okay, keep your hands up. Yeah, I know, I should have got you all, but we'll see. The rest of you are just lying. <laughs> How many of you were convicted of it? How many of you repented of it? Put your hands down. That's what I'm saying. You're doing better than you think. Because so long you have the Holy Ghost convicting you on the inside, and you're working on it, you're making steps forward. You just don't know. Here's, here's one last story. I, uh, I've had a pilot's license for a while, and I decided to upgrade my pilot's license. So I go to an instructor there in New Valley, and so he wants to find out. He's not, never been around me. He wants to know, what does this guy know? I'm just upgrading a, a, a rating. So he sits, we sit down, and he says, uh, explain P-factor to me. I went, what? Explain P-factor to me. I said, 
I don't have a clue what you're talking about. He said, how long have you been flying? And you cannot explain P-factor to me? I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. What is P-factor? He said, that's when you're at low RPMs and you firewall it. The torque of the engine turns the airplane to the left. I went, oh, I just didn't know what we called it. <laughs> Let me explain to you what P-factor is. That's when you're coming into 95 Tango Alpha over here at Thunder Creek and you're at idle and you're getting ready to land, that old doe runs out in front of you, and you firewall it, you better hit a lot of right rudder, or you're going to be in the trees on the left. He went, yeah, that's what it is. I just never heard it explained like that. <laughs> I just didn't know what he was calling. I didn't know what he was. I didn't. So, <laughs> I knew what it was. I knew the practical application I just didn't know what it's called. So I'm telling you, y'all know the practical application and just give yourself some credit because we are doing better than we think. But anytime you're reading your Bible and the Holy Ghost speaks to you like he did with me, that easily provoked, that's something he's trying to say, okay, this one you really need to work on. Amen? We're done. Stand up. Do we have a, do we have a prayer team? We got a prayer team? Prayer team, come on up. It's good when you're not preaching all the time. When you say you're done, you can actually be done. You go, I'm done. Amen. Father, I just thank you today for your word, Lord. I just thank you that it is alive. It's on the inside of us. Lord, I thank you that you've not left us here on this earth to fend for ourselves, but we are your children. So, Lord, I thank you that anything that you want to reveal to each and every one person here, Lord, I thank you that we're sensitive, we hear it, and that... You will reveal to us what you're trying to tell us. Lord, bless these people right now in Jesus' name. If you, amen. <laughs> Almost forgot the amen. <laughs> They're up here. If you need prayer, come on up.